Today on our show, we're talking 10 television shows we've yet to cover on the show. That's right. From worst to best. Shit we saw this year. That'll do. Word to Big Bird. Let's go, Polly. Show me that list again. Show me that list. Don't pick that horror. Baby, here's a rom-com. Counting down one, two, ten. This list is ready to begin. As long as we've got some dick jokes, we've got the audience right in our hands, Polly, you and me. We gotta be the luckiest dick, as you know that we're assholes. As long as we keep on listing, we can take any topic comes our way. Asshole week to week. Suck my dick. We got each other sharing the soundboard and ball. Didn't know you were going to play that one, Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 382 of the Countdown Podcast. How are you all doing? My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. And I am constantly amazed. This That is the opener we get the most requests for. That gets, it's so long. It is so long <laughs> and it's so terrible. And if you're new to the show and you're still here, thanks for yeah, sitting thank through for that, that awful, awful effort from me. <laughs> uh, obviously and being me. carried by Wayne there. <laughs> Today's a TV show. And that's why the opener got played. So we had a bit of a thought last week, live on air, actually. It's like, hey, you know, we do this sort of top 10, last 10 for films that we've watched, but we don't do it for TV shows that and never get a run on the show. Exactly. There's way more of those, really, frankly. Or at least... Uh, I don't watch as many TV shows as I watch films, but uh, I've watched lots more lot TV time. this yeah, year yeah. than probably in previous years, which is why my film watching is lower than it has been in said previous years. So we're going to do the worst of the best of the rest, I guess, really. Sure. That we haven't covered already in the show. We're not going to be doing The Boys Season 3 straight off the bat because we're doing that next week for a review. And we did Stranger Things and we've done Yellow Jackets. So those kind of shows we're just going to leave off the list. But anything else that we haven't covered, and it might have been something that Wayne, a 10-year-old show that Wayne just watched this year or I watched this year. It might be something that was from the first six months of the year. It might be something that was from two years ago. So there's no limitation in terms of time, just that we watched it in the last six months through the early part of 2022. Damn right. So I was trying to think about a a cool lead in here, but I just wrote in balls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on the other side of Wayne's balls, let's get to the recount. Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? Who? 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 Who wants a recount? The recount is about my balls. Paul, what happened this week? <laughs> what, what is it about your balls, Wayne? Why are we talking about balls so much on the show? Because they're aerodynamic, Paul. <laughs> They're aerodynamic. You blow past my balls and it's just like a jet stream. You know what I'm saying? It's like a goddamn Learjet. You know what I'm saying? I would assume that anyone gets that close, you wouldn't want them to blow past your balls. Well, round and fast. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, the reason they're like that is because I shaved them, Paul, with my Manscaped 4.0 lawnmower word to your mother. It's not called word to your mother, but it's very, very cool. Ah. And... Uh, ceramic blades. Ceramic blades has actually elicited some words from people's mothers. <laughs> and <laughs> I, of course, got this from the manscaped.com website. You did. Um, it is uh, well, so good, got, people. Well, it's got the light on it. It's got a so light on it to see with, what's happening yeah, down light there. Light up your taint. When you get cool. close to the taint area. That's right. Yeah, uh, you don't no, want to miss area. Anything? That's right. Yep. Anti cut or anti nick technology. That's it. Uh, beautiful unit. Wireless charging. It's got a dock, which is the shit. You a dock for your dick, I call it. In the shower. In so the shower. Waterproof. Mess, yeah. That's right. Piss it all away. All fine. <laughs> and it comes with 
Ball toner, if you get the, uh, the was it the performance, performance package. package? Ball toner, a sweet dog kit, spritzer. Nose and ear Nose hair and remover. Nose and ear hair remover. Very, very useful. So this is what every discerning man needs who wants to be a bit more groomed, a little bit more presentable. That's right. It's all hot up there in the northern hemisphere. We're in the middle of summer for you. So That's right. Yeah. Give your woman or man the best dick you could possibly hear. And a bit cooler down here, but still, no need to let things even, go. Exactly. Even when it's cool... You need good balls. Yeah, you need trimmed balls. And exactly. so, for our listeners, you can get 20% off anything you buy at this manscaped.com website. Including the Boxer Brief 2.0. Boxer Brief 2.0. With a pouch for your, for your package. Pouch for your pouch, if you will. Yes. And <laughs> <laughs> but you can do that by entering the code CDPC20 at checkout. To get that bad boy done. And free delivery. Free delivery, son. Well, so thanks again to this paid partnership with Thanks to Manscaped for putting this together with us. All right, then. Let's get to the recount proper. Three emails. We're not going to read every bit because a couple of them are quite long. Mm. But uh, first of all, this one comes from Danny Cannett, who said, Hey, guys. It's entitled Friends, by the way. (laughs) I hope you are both in good health and things are going well. I just listened to your top 10 funniest TV shows episode and I always hear Wayne Gush over Friends. That I do. I'm not sure why, as this show is horrible. Oh, man. Ross is not only an idiot cheating on Jennifer Aniston, but one of the most annoying people ever. The jokes are predictable and the rest of the characters are two-dimensional and uninteresting. Good Lord. But have you seen the show Coupling? British, same type of show, except funny. Oh, God. Well, that's a little harsh. But yes, I have seen uh, Coupling, Danny. Uh, In fact, Jack Davenport, big fan. Big fan of Jack Davenport, and that was like the first thing I ever saw him in. My view on coupling was, I actually did like it, uh, because to me, it looked like a British show that was shot like an American show, and for some Ooh, reason... Hang on. No, no. I think no, we're no. losing British listeners. No, 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 no. It was just... By the moment. It was on purpose styled and shot in that manner, and I liked it very much. I particularly liked the later seasons, where there was a, there was a very a Geordie kind of dude with, with, with frizzy hair who's really, really funny, and we talked about... This is actually something we talked about on that show. They talked about the, the prospect of having a porn buddy. Right, yes. Right? Uh, and it's a long story, but it's a really great show. However, Friends, Danny, is where it's... Th- there is no more rewatchable show than Friends. I understand Ooh, it's not for... Come on, that. man. Don't know about that. What do you watch more than Friends over and over if you're me? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Now, you've, now you've qualified it correctly. It goes Friends, Seinfeld, maybe, you know... Big Bang Theory. No, Big Bang Theory <laughs> has been like just drummed into your asshole so much that you've already seen every episode, so no. But... Yeah, friends, that's why I love it, man. But I understand it's not for everyone. It's certainly not for Nothing's you. for everyone. So, yeah, look, I liked coupling as well. I quite enjoyed it. Well, Mid-2000s, it feels like that's what it was. Mid-aughts. I want to say yes. So, it's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, good fun recommendation. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, D. On to the next one. This one is an email from Stephanie. Stephanie Cooley. Who is part of the Facebook listener community. Links in the show notes. If you want to get involved in the conversations there. Sent a great big email about Thor, Love and Thunder and, and her thoughts. So, thank you. Steph, so I just want to skip down to the part which is most important. I might like this better than Ragnarok. Even with the funky shifts, there's a rewatchability factor here that works for me. It's wild because I want to devour Tom Hiddleston and Jeff Goldblum every time I see them, but so much of Ragnarok drags for me. Whoa, Steph, what up, Ooh. girl? Really? This? This is this is better than... Come on now. Yeah. I've seen Love and Thunder three times now in the theater, she said, with all the family, and I still can't wait for it to be on streaming. Anyway, I'm off to finish his list of pros and cons, which he put together for this film, and to do battle with my sister and her lame husband. <laughs> I love you guys to death. Never stop what you do. You have a gift, and you make every week so much fun. Thank you so much, Steph. That's Very a, kind. a Thanks, lovely Steph. email. And yeah, hot take there on, on Thor, Love, and Thunder, which definitely doesn't get the love that Ragnarok gets across the board, nor did it from us. Mm. So 
Oh, good on Definitely glad it hit so hard for you. And last email then to, to wrap up this week's recount comes from Cody. And Cody said, I've been listening to your show since your worst 10 films of 2018. So that's a lot of years, four wow. years coming up on. Honestly, you guys have been a highlight of my week every Tuesday for longer than I have remembered. I enjoy the banter and you guys suggested many of my favorite movies to me. So I know you just did a director versus director one, but I'd like to propose something that's a little closer to home. We've all come to love British films that seems to be getting better. So I charge you with Guy Ritchie versus Edgar Wright. The top mm. British directors and senior directors are perfect for film in any category. I love both those guys. How many films has Edgar done, Paul? Five or six. Yeah, there might not be enough for him, but let's just see if we can think of something around that. Yeah, maybe we can find some That's other British directors sure. and, and perhaps there. So thank you, Cody. For that. Thank you for the kind words. Everybody, really appreciate you know, people sending old school emails. It's just awesome when you open them. Hey, look at this. We, we love like you even more like than two days. It was amazing. All right, thank you so much, everyone. And let's get into it then. TV time on the other side of this music cue. <laughs> Sort of this week's countdown, which is a bit different than normal, but uh, we're going to give you some recommendations and some shows to steer clear of because I've got a couple here on my list which were just meh. Absolutely. Really like, oh, this did not grab me at all. We should clarify. Uh, some of my shows and some of these shows did not actually premiere in 22. Yeah, or that's It's fine. just what we watched them this year so far. I want to tell you, like we do with Top 10 Last 10 for films, just here's the other things we've been watching and our thoughts on them. We're not going to cover as a main review. So, all right, Wayne, take us away. What is your... No, actually, I'll start really quickly. I've got Hit two it. shows here that I didn't watch enough episodes to include on my 10. So, one of them is called We Own the City. Ah, it's this is The Wire People, yes. The Wire People, so David, Simon, I think, and, and someone else. I'm interested. Together, and it's uh, set in the city of Baltimore and follows, I believe, some true life. I don't know. I don't even know if it's true life anymore. I think it's inspired by true life events of corruption within the police force. And it's got nothing to do with the wire characters or anything. No, there's no one. It just happens to be John Berenthal is seemingly the lead in the show. It kind of jumps around in time from showing how he came up as a rookie cop to being this veteran who trains other police officers. And meanwhile, he's on the take. Oh, yep, he can be his, dirty. Him and his squad are dirty. So it's got a following across all these different timelines, interacting with other characters, some criminals and the like. It's good. I'm not hating it, but I fell off my radar. My wife lost interest. So as soon as it happens, it's less likely I'm going to watch mm, a TV show. Mm. But it's pretty dense and it's hard work. So there's been a lot of other shows out lately. So I might come back to it. I, I, just, yeah, I can't really give a, a strong read on it yet, but it's, it's, you have to really pay attention. Question. Now, The Wire, I don't think it's like that. I've watched The Wire again since it's... Okay. You're right. And one of the things that strike me about The Wire is the is how easy it is to watch. Somehow, okay. Okay. somehow it's don't get me wrong; it, it requires your attention, but it's a it's it's a pleasant watch despite being such a harsh kind of show at times. So, is this not like that? No, it's not a pleasant watch at all. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Oh, it's yeah. very gritty, very. Yeah. Oh no, gritty and all that. Dramatic, but it's, very. It's, yeah. But you 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 need to pay attention a lot, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. All right. And the other one is Barry. Which is a show which yeah. now you know this one? I love I love Barry. Oh, okay. So what's the lead actor's name? Um, picture him account. So can I? Uh 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 shit. <laughs> I 
Bill Hader? Yep. That's okay. right. Yeah, yes. Bill Hader. <laughs> so he's a he's a, a contract killer yeah. who develops a penchant for acting and wants to learn his craft. So he's gone to LA and he's kind of trying to get out of the business and become this actor. And I only watched two or three episodes and I liked it. I'm keen to go back into it, but again, haven't found that time yet. It kind of dropped off because other things came out that we had to watch. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Bill Hader started in the industry, uh, even because he's Saturday Night Live and all sorts of stuff. He actually wanted to be a director. He didn't want to be an actor. All right. As a, as a result, he's directed a few of these Barry episodes, and you can see he's actually a good director. It's kind of oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to go back to it. I know season three is just about finished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a great show. Great show. Okay, cool. Over to you, Wayne. What is your number ten? Okay, uh, as you know, Paul, I'm a big fan, and I don't care what everyone says, of Sex in the City, um, mm. the original show, of course. Uh, and um, I, I still think it's a very watchable, easy show to put on in the background. It has now become another show called And Just Like That. And it's now obviously these these the four women. Well, actually, not the four women because Samantha fucked off and she yep. had problems with Carrie and I mean with uh, Jessica, Sarah Jessica Parker and she's not in the show. So they write her out by saying she fucked off to England and now she's not here anymore. They do mention her, but that's it. They're all now the age they are now, and unfortunately, the writing is the same in terms of the dialogue, but it's just kind of sad, Paul. Because this mm. this dialogue works when the characters are cool, relevant, and like in the nineties when they were there. Everything was cool and relevant, and Big was a cool motherfucker, and all the women. You probably put a load on each of them, frankly. And it's like <laughs> now, it's like the women. <laughs> judging. No, but like TV you see, what, what the kind of because it's called Sex in the City, so kind of you need to have some sort of sexiness. Yes, to the actual show, and it definitely was. I loved it, but the women now are seemingly older than they're supposed to be. I think they're supposed to be around fifty-five. But frankly, they all look quite a bit older than that. Now, yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and it's it shows them, like, the show tone now is them struggling to remain woke, kind of, which would have been good, except that they're just painful scenes, like when Miranda's talking like an idiot and embarrassing herself in front of young college students by trying to, you know, respect the new, like, gender biases and things like that. A little bit fucking crap, and it's just kind of sad to see Mr. Big, who still looks good for his age, just be an old dude. Like, I thought Big was the man when I was a kid, but now it's just... I think it reminded me that no matter how cool you may be, everyone just ends up being an old man if you're a man. So, like, yeah. If we're lucky enough. If we're lucky enough, exactly. Now, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that, but the show itself has to now become this thing where you're 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 not playing the same notes anymore, and I guess nor should you, given that you've got the same cast, but it the, the magic was not there for me. Uh, however, it is in its third season, I believe, now, so someone likes it, Paul. But, uh, third from, season now? Is it still going? I think it's, it, got, okay. it got greenlit for a third season. But yeah, bit un, bit unfortunate that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I wish I still loved it, but it's just not the same show anymore. I will go back and watch the other show sometimes. All right. Well, yeah, not interested at all. I know Definitely my wife, not your jam, my wife gave it a shot. and I think she even she gave up after two or three episodes and said, this is shit. Yeah, it is just shit, unfortunately. So that's my number 10. All right, my number 10 is going to go against the grain of critics. It's season five, the final season of a show called Search Party. I've heard a lot about Search Party and haven't gotten there. Go I spoke about it a couple of times. It stars Alia Shawkat as this character named Dory. And effectively, the first season is her trying to find a friend who's disappeared, hence Search Party, with her her boyfriend and a couple of other friends who are they're all very vapid. Mm-hmm. It's funnily enough, funny enough, first season. Second sure. season. So it's in a comedy. Yeah, it's, it's meant to be a comedy. It's like okay. a, a satirical, dark comedy sort okay. of series. Okay. And it goes some really weird directions. And season five goes the strangest of all. She's been enlightened by her experiences, which I won't spoil through the course of the show, and starts to develop her own cult, basically. You've watched this for five seasons? Yeah, and it's finished now. Like, I probably would have tapped out 
at the end of season four because it got a bit weird and not good. Season Drop three, I enjoyed. Yeah, it almost does like it almost does a little bit. The, the why is a strange comparison to make, but bear with me for a moment. Like mm. the first season is this sort of mystery trying to find this woman. The second season is something else. Third season is like a court drama, and then the fourth season is something else again, like mm. a more of a kidnappy thing. Anyway, yeah, it's all different all over the place. Season five, though, it ends up in this ridiculous, ridiculous area. It's not funny anymore. The characters, they're bumbling, foolish shenanigans are just worn thin by this point in time. You can just tell. It's really painful. Yeah, with a show, when it's Jump the Shark and you've got people just going, hey, are we still are we not cancelled yet? And you know the writers don't know which way to go, so the, the actors are still getting paid, so they're still there. You can tell that the energy has left. So um, Yeah, I mean, I th- again, it's 100% positive rating, this show overall for on Rotten Tomatoes from critics. Jeff Goldblum pops up as a sort of tech, billionaire in this and he brings a little bit of enjoyment for a couple episodes but even yeah it just doesn't work and I don't want to spoil it in case you haven't watched it and you are progressing through the show but it's where it finally ends I'm just like it's almost slap your slap your head stupid really yeah search party that's it that's my number 10 what do you got for your number 9 nice one my number 9 is a film sorry show (laughs) (laughs) there was a little bit of buzz about this because it's directed and created by Michael Mann and it's called Tokyo Vice Right. Okay. Now, this is a show. It's, a, it's, it's got Ansel Netflix? Elgort. Uh, no. No. It's, some, okay. it's really hard to find, to be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Paul. Found it on the Seven Seas. Okay. Right. And it's Ken Watanabe is also in it. So it's set in Japan. And I didn't know what it was about when I, when I, when I saw it. It starts really interesting. It looks like a Yakuza mob film. And the first scene is Ken Watanabe and Ansel Elgort. They're all dressed to the nines and they arrive at this nightclub, clearly in Japan, Tokyo, I guess. Yep. Um, and they're wearing vests to protect themselves against knife attacks, not bullets, right? Because they are having a meeting with Yakuza and it's a very tense meeting and they're like, okay, what's going on here? We don't know what's going to happen. They've moved our meeting from this part of the nightclub to another nightclub. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then it flashes back to two years ago and you see Ansel Elgort trying to get a job as a reporter. It turns out what the actual show is about is Ansel Elgort is a white dude in Japan. He's huge and like white. And he's trying, <laughs> and he's trying to get a job as a reporter. And he, and in fact, that first scene is about him, the, the yakuza saying, "Don't run this story because right. it's about our fucking Oyabun, and he's gonna, and if you do it, we'll fuck you up." And it just grinds to a halt. Oh. Once it flashes back, it grinds to a halt, and I'm like, "It's so a lot of establishing him as this guy." Yes, that but it's shot in a weird way that is very lots of extreme close-ups. It looks like Ugh. a Tony Tony Scott film, uh, like, it's, but yeah. it, and as a result, I was sitting there going, "I was uh, the whole time." I'm like, "Come on, come on, come back, come back, come back." And look, I've um, to be fair, I've only seen about four episodes, yeah, yeah. right? But I'm like, this is not coming back, or something's going wrong. It's taking a long time, and the back, it's mo- and this isn't a problem, but it's mostly in Japanese, so it's subtitles, right? Which is kind of cool, to be frank. But uh, man, for a Michael Mann thing, it's no heat. Like it's not that kind of intensity. Initially, not slow burn, but then becomes very slow burn, but not in a way that actually keeps you there. Yeah, sure. So yeah, unfortunately, Tokyo Vice, which looks, if you look at the trailer for this, it's like fuck yeah, but no, not for me. Okay, all right. I'm making a, a change on the fly here. I was going to talk about Abbott Elementary here at my number nine. I heard good things. It's on the Star version of Disney Plus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it's a show about set in a sort of inner city primary school, and yep. it's a sitcomy comedy, light, breezy, but sort of tackling some social issues. And just quickly, good or bad? I just didn't find it funny. What's it called? Abbott Elementary. Okay. Didn't find it funny. I'm going to sh- shop that one off because I only saw three episodes and stopped. Fair. And I'm going to shuffle down and go. A family show that we watched together. I don't hate this show. It's just very light entertainment. The Amazing Race. <laughs> really? Yeah. We watch it as a family. and it's, <laughs> Okay. It's good to 
let our daughter sort of see areas of the world that she hasn't seen yet and sort of see yeah. different customs and whatever else. It's, what I don't like about The Amazing Grace is, one, it assumes you've watched every season. They never stop to explain anything. They just go, now it's time for a, a, a U-turn. Like, What's a U-turn? Isn't it a game show? It's a reality show where the, uh, pairs of people, so maybe it's partners, maybe it's brothers and sisters, maybe it's mates, get together and race each other to yeah, get to, to get somewhere, stop. Yeah. Right, and it ends at the end of... And Usually back in America, yes, in, in a, some American city, of that place gives yeah, them the prize. Yep. Yeah, all that I've seen it. I've seen it. It's fine. The other thing is, they make up on the fly when they want to get rid of someone, and they don't. So sometimes they'll go, "This is an elimination league," but other times they'll just go, "We're not sure whether it's an elimination league." I reckon they just decide on who it is coming in, whether it's a popular player yeah, or not. Depends on how. So that noise the shit out of me. So that's why it drops down here. It's kind of like, yeah, you, you need to do a better job of explaining what's going on and, and defining the rules better as far as I'm concerned. This has been going for a while, hasn't yeah, it? 33 seasons. We watched season 33 and season 32. Season 33 was affected by COVID. They started it like in 2019 mm-hmm. or oh, whatever shit. it was. Uh, and then they brought everyone who could come back. But it kind of hilarious. Jeez, that would have fucked it up. Two or three episodes in before they sort of cut it. And one of the couples had broken up and so they didn't <laughs> come back. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. So. Well, how do they how do they explain that away? It's like, uh, we're back in 2022. These these two broke up, so fuck them. Well, pretty much, I couldn't make it back. But then you go online and have a read about it, and it was pretty obvious with the couple why they weren't together because you could tell these these people aren't going to last together. They can't handle traveling together. Imagine being the showrunner going, "Fuck, yeah. bloody COVID." Yep. Right. Oh man. So, but you still watch it, right? Well, I said we watched two seasons. Maybe I'll try and go back and find some other ones to, for us Man, to watch. I it. Fucking hate reality TV. The only one I like is well, the only one I watch is Survivors. So other than now, this is yeah, as actually, a replacement. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I reckon given how much you like it, that might be the only one that has a shot at, at, at keeping yeah, me. But but not, I don't like reality TV, full stop. This is, the, this is the exception. And the only reason we're doing Amazing Race is to get our daughter off watching bloody YouTube videos all the time. So <laughs> That's a thing with kids, right? Yeah. And me. Yeah. All right. Uh, my number eight, everyone, is Masters of the Universe. Mm. Now, this is a cartoon. That is done by Kevin Smith. He's the showrunner. So they released the first half last year. The yep. second half was this year. Or I was or, very or late. You last watched year. it. Okay, yeah. Yep. So uh, it's about okay. So I don't know if you how old you kids are out there, but there was a show back in the Disney called He Man and the Masters of the Universe. No, I think you mean to say He Man and the Masters of your mother's snatch. What? Everything about your mother's snatch? It's just a thing we do. I do. And this is a continuation. It's inspired by kind of the characters there and. Everyone, I had all of these toys when I was a kid. Me okay? too. You're right, and they, they had this thing where Castle you could Grayskull. Castle Grayskull, and the characters all had this swiveling hip that you yep. like sprung back and could punch. Very, very cool. And when you twisted them too much, the rubber band broke inside them, and the legs fell off. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> this is about Skeletor and He-Man. Skeletor actually like has this assault on Castle Grayskull, and what's interesting about it is the main characters in the original one were He-Man, Man-at-Arms, Teela, and Skeletor. He-Man's like fucking. Alter Ego was Prince Adam. And everyone knew it in Castle Grayskull except Teela. I don't know why, but she didn't know. And she's the daughter of Man at Arms. This show presents What If She Finds Out, which is quite interesting. Yeah, sure. Right? But here's what happens. A little bit spoilery, but basically all this shit happens in the beginning and He-Man just fucks off out of the fucking show. The rest of the show is then motherfucking Teela. The first half of the season. First half yeah. of the season, right? Yeah, sorry. Which is long though because then the show keeps going and I'm, I'm actually watching it going, this is fucking... Teela and the Masters of the Universe. I bet you this pisses Teela. off. The, yeah, I bet you this pisses off all the other motherfucking like. Did it, ever. it It didn't piss me off necessarily, but I'm going. This is a very, very like fucking ballsacky move. And the animation's good. It's relatively faithful to the original show. Not quite. Pretty okay. It's an honor in in so much of the predecessing show, but 
Uh, Kevin Smith apparently said that he gets a lot of shit about this. People have actually ragged because him because he wrote it right. Yeah, he sure ran it. He, he wrote some of the episodes and a few other things. But I actually think I liked it enough. But it should have kind of been better. It should have inspired me more. It's not terrible. It's okay to good. It's okay, okay to yeah. good. Well, interestingly enough, my number eight then, if I shuffle everything down, is a show that I'm only halfway through the six episode season, Miss Marvel. Dude, that's on my list and it's way high. I what thought did you think? the Keep first going. episode was amazing. Yeah! King Dick, so good visually, so much going on. They, Isn't that cool? They clearly spent all their money in that first episode, or at least a good proportion of the budget in that first episode. Tell us what it's about. What's about? Uh, it's about a young Muslim girl, yep. 13 or so, yep. is she? Kamala Khan, yep. And she effectively finds herself having powers like... Ish, marvelish. She yeah. can she can basically like she can elongate her limbs, and it has this like rocky kind of thing around it that forms because of because the, she gets a grandmother's bracelet, bracelet or something and it awakens something and, inside her, yeah. some shit or like great grandmother. I can't remember. Anyway, it gets all a bit convoluted by where I'm up to, and I've just stopped because unfortunately, again, we're watching this as a family, and then I was out a couple of nights, and so wife Where'd and daughter watched it. Oh, uh, she's about to go to Pakistan. Okay, so I haven't gone all the way through it myself either. Yeah. So, but I have to say, episodes two and three, not as well directed, not as engaging. The characters are all fine. She's good. Uh, Kamala Khan, is that you her know name? what? That, yeah, that actress, that little. I'm yeah, sorry, I don't know her name. Um, Kamala Khan is the actual. The oh, the character. character. Yep. But um, she's good. She's extremely charming, and her performance is really watchable, don't you think? Yep. Because I didn't want to watch this show because I was like, oh, it's like it's a kids, kids show, right? Yeah. It's better than that. And like you said, in the beginning, the first episode. The things they do, the creative decisions they make are brilliant. Like, for example, when a character has a text, gets a text, you see the character walking across the street looking at the text, but the content of the text appears in situ of the background. Like, it, yep. it's paint on the bottom, on, on the road, or it's a neon sign that yep. actually shows. Really inspired filmmaking, or show making, I guess. I've only seen a few, but this is actually my number three, bro. Wow. I really liked it. I really liked it. So you're, it. you're obviously going to plan to power ahead with this then. Well, to be fair with you, I also took a break. Like, I'm also, like, the last episode... It was your number three and you took a break. Damn. Well, only two weeks because I'm busy and shit. But, like, because of the inventiveness and the fact that the, the Marvel's doing this thing now, where they're, talk, they're showing a Muslim girl. Yeah, and diversification's you, you, good. You never see that, right? Yep. So, I, um, having now recently known a, 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 a Muslim girl recently, I have heard all of these things that goes on in that culture and they show you them going to the mosque and what they do and how mm-hmm. they have to wash their hand before. Stuff that you wouldn't really know. Unless so, you're practicing their exactly. faith. Exactly. Yep. So I was like, oh, and she actually said to me, that girl's house in Miss Marvel yep. looks like her house growing up. All right, there you it's go. Like the little things on the wall that they all have. Well, she had. Right. Yep. So it's really, really cool and I think that because I expected nothing, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, me too. I think that's probably... And I just... it's. I'll, Without having the, the, my daughter there to watch it with, I've lost a little bit of impetus for I am, me. Yeah, and I watched it on my own. So. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. All right, that's my number eight. Your number seven. My number seven is a film called... Sorry. A show called <laughs> Dr. Death. Oh, yeah. Now, everyone, this is a show called a uh, show with Pacey from Dawson's Creek. So, Joshua Jackson. Wayne's in. I don't want to wait. Yeah, so... Um, and Alec Baldwin, so in again. Oh, jeez. And, damn! And Christian Slater, who is still acting, everyone. Um, Who knew? So, yeah, it's based on a hit podcast, and it's this—it's it's about this terrifying true story of a guy named Dr. Christopher Dunst, who is a real guy, and he's a young and charismatic star in the Texas medical community, and he builds this flourishing, flourishing kind of neurosurgery practice, but it turns out he's actually shit at being a surgeon, so bad that he accidentally leaves tools inside a person's fucking back and shit and closes them up. Oh. He does routine spinal surgeries that, while complicated, seem to be easily within his wheelhouse. But then 
he actually had his friend. He operated on his friend and accidentally, technically decapitated him. What? By actually cutting his spine, like Holy the neck. crap! I know. And his body count keeps growing and growing and growing. And what happened? So he's was, not murdering people, or is not he? intentionally, but no. he's so shit at it. Wow! But somehow he has convinced everyone that he's a gangster ass surgeon. And so much so that Alec Baldwin's character, who is a real person, his name is Randall Kirby. I mean, sorry, his name is uh, Robert Henderson. Him and another guy, which is a Christian Slater character, are actually going, this guy is killing people because he's so shit, but he keeps getting away with it. He's failing upwards. Yes, we're going to try and get him down. So they actually shut it down. They actually tried to get these medical boards to go, look what he's doing, look what he's doing. And they keep going, yeah, but you know, he's already got a, a recommendation from this other hospital and we need a surgeon like that here, so he's going to work for us. Then he, then he does all this sh- and people start dying and shit as a result. And it's a really interesting show because you see how these There's people- There's another season coming, isn't there? Uh, is there? I thought yeah, it was- I saw it the other day. Mm, that would be interesting. The, uh, oh, sorry, I actually only saw the one season, but the- No, it's not, no uh, yeah, I think it's coming. Is it? Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but, well, the interesting thing about it is in the real life person, uh, in 2017, he was sentenced to life in prison. They finally got him, okay? But- What's uh, weird is that he managed to go so, so far. So, so he went to prison for this. He's in jail now, the real guy. The weird thing about it is, is that it's actually real. And there is a documentary about this, which tells you the actual story of him. This is a dramatization thereof. But it is really quite interesting. And Pacey is quite good as the charismatic okay. but shit surgeon. It's an anthology series, so they're going to follow a different doctor who's ah, done well, so shit. I was like, what are they going to do with that second season? Because yeah. he goes away at the end of this one, right? So, um, uh, yeah, so it's really kind of quite cool. And it's pretty scary that it's an anthology show, which means there's so many doctors that can, you know, <laughs> he could do yeah, this you shit know, with. You talk to enough people, you hear stories about hospitals. Oh, no, they're human, they make mistakes, but it just sounds like this person just kept making what them. Happened with everyone this- turned a blind eye. Everyone turned a blind eye, but also he just continued to back himself by saying, no, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. And wow. he walks right into a surgery. Some, one woman bled to death because he couldn't close a wound. Wow. Shit like that, man. That's so awful. like, awful. what the fuck? So yeah, Dr. Death. It's a pretty, pretty, good, pretty good view. Okay. My number seven. Here's where I stuck. Smushed both the Survivor season. So the new American Survivor season and the Australian Survivor. You and your Survivor. Yep. You do love this show. It, it must be something about it, man. Australian Survivor season seven, blood versus water. Again, it's a family show. We all watch it. This Aussie all- way? That's the Aussie one. Okay. Yeah, so I only said seventh season and it was basically pitting you'd have yourself and a loved one. So hence the blood part. So it'd be your sister or your mom or your dad or okay. whoever it was. And they shopped in from, from America the only multiple winner of Survivor, Sandra, her name is. Mm. And she brought her daughter. And so that is an example of a team. But then they stuck them on opposing teams. Is, oh, is it good? Yeah, look, it was a good Honestly. idea. problem with the Australian Survivor is it's on three times a week, mm. so you get really inundated with it. There's not this nice sort of watch an episode a week type thing. It's like, I wonder why they do that. Well, clearly, they've worked out that that's how they get the maximum exposure Money. and ratings yeah. and whatever else. But the episodes are so fucking long. Some of them are like two, like an hour forty. What? For, yeah, for, and I'm like, oh my god, that's once you take the. You watch it on the streaming Channel 10 streaming app and you get ads every four fucking minutes. It takes you like two and a half hours to get through a fucking episode. That's why there's three of them a week, Polly. <sighs> they can sell advertising and yeah. make you watch this shit three times a week. So can I assume then that the Aussie version is shitter than the American one? Look, it's getting closer to it. Like the, the Aussie version is certainly harder core. I'm sorry, Americans. If you haven't watched Australian Survivor, they start there a lot longer than the Americans do and they get put through the paces just as much, if not more so. The American one's got a bigger budget, so the challenges are more... Uh, intricate looking, and, yeah. and there's more going on in the challenges but otherwise yeah particularly the last couple of seasons of the last one of uh, American Survivor was season 42 COVID impacted 42. shortened down and so yeah it's a little get 
wearing a little bit thin. They're trying to do some stuff to, to flavor it up. Two seasons, I'm not yeah. surprised. Two seasons a year. That's how Survivor rolls. So still, yeah. There we are. So wow. I, you know what you're in for for Survivor. I'm not going to sell anyone. I'm not trying to. If you're into mm. it, great. If you're not, and don't bother. Cool. All right. My number six, everyone, is a show I heard a lot about because of Cox, and um, it's about it's called Pam and Tommy. Oh yeah. Okay. Now, yep. Because of we, Cox, right? I get it. Yeah. yeah so Doctor so, um, like, Cox, what? Yeah, yeah. So Sebastian Stan is in it, and uh, the girl is what's her name? Lily James. Yes, thank you very much. And but it actually starts following Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is actually almost kind of the lead because he's the guy who actually uncovered the sex tape and put it forward. <laughs> now here's what it is: it's a well-made show. Yes, Sebastian Stan's huge cock is talking. It actually talks. What? Yes, the dick talks. Right? Really? Yes. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing that how that's how this show goes, all right? However, you genuinely shocked me there. And I say that, right? And you think, what the fuck? Is it going to be this? Somehow it's not Sounds out of place. Somehow it's, stupid, oh, but <laughs> um, the but like yeah, it, it's somehow not out of place because there's such a surreal element to it that it does that. Now, Sebastian Sanders does a really good job of emulating Tommy Lee while somehow leaving out sort of the more annoying aspects of it. However, with that even had it being said, Tommy Lee is such a dick, right? Like his character is such a no dick. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to watch. I've actually, like, I've taken a break from the show. Okay. Simply because of that. But love the 80s music. It's set in 95, but for some reason they use 80s music. It still works. It keeps me watching the entire show because of that. Like, again, because he's, it really shows him to be a total asshole, and I kind of buy it. Oh, is they're honest about it? Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, I'm sure they had no sign-off on from Tommy Lee on this. I'm sure. because uh, And the girl doing Pammy Anderson, she doesn't look exactly like her, but I don't doubt for a minute that it is her because she uses her expressions in such a way that it's very convincing. So it's actually a really well-made show, and it's really put together. And I like how they use the music of the scene and how it ties into the scene. Like, they... It's uh, you kind of have to watch it to to see it, but the it's movie music that isn't actually Motley Crue or anything like that. It's all just of its era. Okay, very it's engaging. It's engaging. It's an engaging show. All right. So yeah, just, I said that despite having not watched it, so uh, <laughs> I stop watching it. it. <laughs> stop, yeah, but it's it's a good show. You should definitely give it a try, especially if you like that hair band stuff. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Just uh, find that kind of stuff. I, I don't mind watching a film, but how are we talking? Six episodes here? I think it's audience specific, to be fair. Yeah. And I suspect, having not finished it, that it might not end as well as it started. Well, I watched The Dirt. I think that's what it was called. It was a Netflix original film about Motley Crue and, and how oh, yeah. they sort of rise and not fall, but how they sort of fell apart. You know what I remember about Motley Crue? They wrote a book about stuff, and they said that they fucked so many women on tour that they had to put their dicks in a taco to get the pussy smell off. That's what they said in the book. Oh, my God. First of all, if your dick smelled of pussy, you wouldn't put it in a taco. You'd just have a shower, mate. Yeah. So, I don't know. This is, this is writing for you, okay? I'm sure someone came up with that. Anyway. All right. There you go, Paul. <laughs> Hard. We're talking dicks and putting dicks in a taco. That was Wayne's number six, right? And an actual taco, not the... Anyway, go on. My <laughs> <laughs> number six, it's probably a little unfair to put it here, but I want to talk about it because we're not going to cover it. We haven't got it on the schedule. Word. Uh, only Murders in the Building season two. Fucking A, bro. Good. But How are you finding season two? Not as good as the first season. Flatly. I've only seen two of them, so they're not on my list. I'm but four <laughs> episodes in, we had five think, so far. I'm think, one yeah, behind. Up to, yeah, almost up to date. So yeah, I'm almost up to date. Started watching episode five, but wife fell asleep, so I put, turned it off because she was really tired. I forgot how the first season ended. I was like, what? oh, they're all in you know, yep. trouble kind of thing. I was like, oh, well, look at that shit. So, um, Yeah, I just don't think it hangs together as well. And I maybe the shtick is running. I still giggle a bit. I still find, in particular, Martin Short's character funny. Oh, he's great. And so... <laughs> 
what is it about this show where it's so um I don't want to say soothing or but it's like almost comforting to watch Steve Martin and Martin Short do this. And Selena Gomez is playing just this typical millennial sort of like eh, ha, ha, kind of raggy like girl. Very dry sense of humor. Very dry, but be somehow endearing as a result. Like you'd think someone who's not actually happy wouldn't be fun to watch, but for some reason that happens here. That's what it is about this. The magic of the show is this odd dichotomy between the three, which is weird. I agree, and I think it's a little bit unfair that we've just had the Emmy nominations announced and both Martin Shaw and Steve Martin got nominated, but Selena Gomez didn't. This, if you got one nominated, surely you're nominating all three because it's all it's how they balance off each other that makes this show. Um, I think you'll find. I saw Martin Short and Steve Martin live maybe a year and a half ago. Okay, uh, a couple years ago, and they are still pierce funny in terms of like their act. They're the shtick, really, really down pat. Okay. So this is probably a a you know. Uh, a, a anyway, I'm registering my recall. I don't think it's fair, and but that said. It's still good. I'm still enjoying it. It's not 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 a bad thing. We've we're past the point of sort of you, know, you should watch this show if you haven't watched the first season of Only Murders in the Building. You can watch the whole damn thing on Stan or not Stan on uh, on Star yeah. on Disney Plus. Disney Plus here in Australia, it's great. Season two is not as good, but it it could get there because we're only halfway through the season, so it might be that it picks up in the second half or whatever else. It's amazing that they even do that in the same building. I know it's a big building, but like the show is still the premise is still Only Murders in that building, yeah. and it's still at least good enough to watch. So some interesting cameos. And the like, there's some good, some not so good. Amy Schumer? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that was terrible. She was terrible. So, anyway, yeah, check it out on your murders in the building. Season two if, and season one if you haven't already. All right. Uh, Trekkies, my number five is for you. Ooh. Star Trek Strange New World. Is this good? Yes. So, one but. of our listeners in the feedback were here <laughs> yeah. said this is peak Star Trek. Okay. That is the the scuttlebutt about this. Now, I'll tell you what it is, folks. It's about, it's set before the Star Trek you know, before the Kirks and so on. It is, the the lead character is Pike, Captain Pike, who you may remember. uh, Was that the the guy who plays Bruce Greenwood? Yes, Bruce Greenwood. So from the J.J. Kelvin timeline, yeah. Kelvin timeline, exactly, right? So... Uh, Makes it sound like I know about, a lot about Star Trek. No, no, no. I don't. I, didn't, I remember that term now. But it's him when he's young. He's played by Anson Mount, who you may recognize from the last Doctor Strange movie, who was the guy who could kill you by saying words, much like this woman I used to work with. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's that guy. Um, and he's, and yes, yeah, so it's him when he's young. Now, what's interesting is Spock is still in this show, but he's a young man. Okay. Because Vulcan's lived for a long time. You also have a young, young Uhura. Which right. is kind of cool. And Rebecca Rahomishan, not Stamos. No, no longer. Yeah. yeah, She's in it. Remember how she, awesome she was? Yeah. Looks like ass in this film. Not sure what happened. Show. Sorry. <laughs> Show. Um, but oh I, I didn't even... Shut up, bullshit. <laughs> I didn't even recognize her. Right? Um, like but, Alison Doody in, uh, in Triple R. <sighs> Who's she? She was the Ray Stevenson's wife. That's right. Yeah. yeah, anyway. Guys, what's good about this is it is a great watch. Uh, again, like someone said, it's kind of classic Star Trek. It is all about the optimism of the future. It's not about the sins of the past. It is quite uplifting in its tone, despite dealing with the occasional dark premise. But what's kind of cool about it is that, because it's still set in the future, even though it's the past based on the original yeah, Star Trek, sure, sure. it comments on our current world because it even references January 6th, like the, the wow. insurrection and stuff okay. like saying, this is what happened in our world and now we're you know better than this and we're trying to teach these new organi- uh, new civilizations about not doing that. Kind of cool. I'm not saying it's like hard hitting, but it is uh, in tone and sort of it somehow captured the Gene Roddenberry kind of classic style uh, Star Trek. Okay. 
so give it, but you got to give it a few episodes. I'll okay. tell you that. Right, the first is one is ten or twelve episodes. I think so. Yeah, it's um and and because and Anson Mount, sorry, the, this Captain Pike, he's got a pass because he's somehow gone to some place where he's seen his own death. Ooh. And so it, this is now about like okay, well I now know when does and he how. die in Star Trek? There's... No, so there's some there's uh. something about that. There's there's a bit of a disconnect from the movies, but because he knows when and how he's seen it, he dies right, and it's horrible. He now has to continue on knowing that. And how does this make you well, operate? Plus side, as a... It would it would mean that I'm pretty confident we're gonna get through this. We're not gonna get blown up by this but ship the... that's attacking us, right? But then the we re- you have to understand the the way that he understand that he sees his death is because he went to some planet and they have this particular mineral which does allow you to do that, and he just saw it. But then again, I'm thinking to myself, if you know when and where you're gonna die, just don't go there at yeah. that day. But it's not clear that that will make a difference. I think this was covered in the classic '80s piece of shit film Krull. Oh, really? Where, <laughs> where the Cyclops knew when and how, and it walked away from its, its doom to save them at whatever particular point, and then it got crushed in, inside the big door. Oh, okay. Well, in other words, you can't avoid your fate. Yeah. Look, I haven't seen the whole season, so I don't know if it if this becomes apparent. But there's something about it that makes you like it, and it's not. Yeah, it's it's a good looking show. It's a good okay, looking show. good. Well, I will get give, give it a shot. There's a lot. Of if TV. you're not a Trekkie, I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to say to you, so I don't know if you like it, but, yeah, but I'll know. give it a shot. I'll okay. give it a shot. Uh, all right, my number five then is the final season of Ozark, which ah. dropped in two separate pieces this year. I found this under the shows that I know are good, but I never watched more of. Obviously, I have to speak quite generally. One, because I don't want to spoil it for any audience who may be working their way through it, but two, you've not seen any of it, and you should. Like, I've Ozark, seen some of it. I've Ozark seen like, overall is worth it. I saw like three episodes, and I said, yeah, I, I can see this as a great drama, but for some reason, I fell away. Fair enough. Fair enough. Look, I thought season three was a real slog. I didn't enjoy season three. I got quite bored. There was a lot of treading water kind of getting pieces into play for this final season. So... This one built nicely. It was much better paced. And because it's the final season, and this is the kind of show that it is, sort of the specter of death sort of looms over everybody. Okay. You're like, oh, there's no way that everyone can get out of this alive. And they don't. It does kill some major characters in the, through the course of this season. Mm. But the end, the very end, quite a bit shit. So not did not end well? I don't think it ended well. I don't think it ended realistically. I don't think it would have played out. Anyway, the show it set up does not gel with the final episode as oh, far as I'm concerned. it dextered. Yeah. No, this final season is way better than the final two final seasons of Dexter that we've okay. had. Way All better. Right. All right. But this was, it was disappointing. It's like you're left kind of going, really? Yeah. Okay. Isn't that a pisser when that happens? Yeah. Like, come on, people. Rewrite. So um, I know I'm not saying, I'm sort of talking around it, but it's Jason Bateman directed quite a few of the episodes. So he got very heavily involved in the production of this show and you know, he's... You were speaking before about uh, whatever the Bill Hader, mm. same thing. He's got a very good eye. I think he's probably got a real career ahead of him. Ron Howard Styles as a as a director of sort of dramas and whatever else. Good for him. But yeah, and, and look, I still have the same complaint about Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman plays Jason Bateman. There's no difference here playing Marty Bird. Dude, there was so. a year where Jason Bateman was in every film ever. <laughs> there was like, he was in like all these like heaps. We just came back, man. So yeah, good for him. So yeah, good show, worth watching. A little bit of a downer on the on the final episode, but there's a couple of moments this season which are absolutely stellar. And play the young woman who plays Ruth Julia Garner. Is that that curly haired blonde girl? Yeah, yeah. She's about her, stellar. Is she? Tell me about her bugs me, man. There's com- there's a couple of scenes in this final season where she just acts rings around everybody else, really? like it stops your breath, like whoa, really? This is a person who's going to win an Academy Award one day. Shit. 
No doubt. Okay. So, yeah, there we are. Good to know it's still a contender, despite having a shitty lend. Yeah, like uh, other people are divided. It's one of those things where some people, oh, that's good. Other people are like, mm, a bit like me. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, my number four is a film, sorry, it's a show that Paul, <laughs> is a show that Paul put me onto, and we almost made it an actual formal review. Ooh. The Lazarus Project. Ah, it's, it's higher on my list. Okay. Everyone, Paul could probably do a better job, because uh, to be fair, I've only seen about four episodes. All right. Okay, so you, you, know, you have to be careful again. So there's yeah. eight episodes, I think, this eight season. Eight episodes? Yep. Okay. So you're halfway through. Right. Now, this is a... T- it's it's a time travel show, and yep. that automatically put me off. You and my wife should bloody watch it together. She's really? like, oh, sci-fi. Uh. Well, that's not sci-fi, but... but you got to do it. Is this guy... It's about this guy who's beginning to lose touch of reality when he finds himself living the same day over and over, like Groundhog Day. Not right? quite. Sorry. Aspects of a same day over and over. Nope. Not even that. God damn it. Tell me, Paul. <laughs> A guy basically lives through a pretty shitty six months and then flashes back to July 1st of yeah, that year. And the then day. it happens again. No, no, but not the same day. He's living months. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. That's more accurate. Yes. Absolutely. So, in fact, when he flashes back the first time, it's just after Christmas. Right. So, he's, he goes back seven months and is freaked out as you would be because and starts this... living that hole again. Right. And all the things he does that day, he's like, I've had this conversation with you before, mm-hmm. bank manager. And he's like, what? But the, the outcome is different for that day. So, yeah, it becomes he a treats it thing. differently. But it turns out... That can we say this? Can we can we say why he, he the trailer? Well, yeah, sure. So if you don't want to know anything more, if that's interesting enough to you, go and watch the Lazarus Project and skip forward two or three minutes. If you want to be told a bit more about it, we'll tell a little bit more. That was all apparent before the end of the first episode. Yeah, you find it in the first episode, yeah. but he he tell, well, t- tell it. Yeah, so in effect, he is one of only two people I've ever found who has this natural ability to remember when the world is reset. The Lazarus Project is this organization that resets the world. Back to July 1st, because that's when we pass through this weird... That's the check-in point or yeah, whatever. that's the point where the, the world resets July 1st every year. So they can rewind up to 364 days every year back yes. to that July 1st of that particular year. And they have- he is the only person who can remember it unless you've been given this shot of some stuff that allows you to remember as well, which is what all the members of the Lazarus Project Bar 1 have. Because he's a mutant. Yes. Right. And that's the thing. They, they have stopped massive, massive like disasters. COVID, they... There's a great line. Yeah, the line's basically so why didn't you sort of deal with COVID and stop that happening? What makes you think we didn't? Yeah, so you got a fucking you got a, a vaccine in whatever many months. Yes. What do you think we did? How do you think we did? Exactly. Yep. Very cool. So what's cool about this show is that it's incredibly well made. UK show. Yep. And like, like I said, I was like, oh, time travel. But then after seeing the scale of it and then like it almost but, becomes a spy thriller. Oh, dude! It becomes like uh, he's, there's a montage of uh, there's a montage of him training, but like the end of the world as we know the REM. I'm like, oh, good, that was cool, you know, <laughs> shit like that. There's a dude. The, the, the action though, there's like slow mo, like boom. I showed like, you the trail. I thought that would put you over the line. Like, eh. well, maybe it's just a time. For some reason, when you because you don't expect it when it comes up in this show, there's a dude riding through a window on a motorbike, and that was cooler than it needed to be. Car chases, crashing slow mo, the police car hitting a yep. bollard. Oh. Yep. Like, I was like, wow, that was really unexpected and cool. So for me, I'm sitting there going, you know what? Even if I was still struggling with the premise, I'm in for this fucking film, mo- like the way that they shoot it. And I actually really, I like it. Have you seen the whole thing? Yeah. Is it all good? Yeah, I, I liked it. It's, uh, it, it doesn't end uh, on, a, on a definite. It's a cliffhanger ending. So just be prepared for that. So season two? Not yet confirmed. Ooh. So yeah, and it's created by a guy named... Uh, Joe Barton and stars, and the guy who, who's in the lead, Papa mm. Esadu, mm-hmm. who was also in the movie Men in ah. a small role. He's very good. Yes, I agree. Yeah, He's, yeah it's, it's, it's really, yeah. Because UK shit like, is really cool, makes it a little bit different. It's kind of fun. So yeah, nice work. 
Uh, yeah, well, I totally agree. Liked it all. I, what it does, and probably thing to emphasize the most, and you're starting to see where you're up to, is it goes in a very grey moral direction. Yes, because you're not allowed to turn the clock back for your own selfish reasons. reasons. You have to save the world. Yep. But some shit happens to him where it's like he's really got a good reason to try and go back. Yep. You know what I mean? So, so how far are you prepared to go? Yes. Some other a, rogue agents before them and what, right. why are they doing what they're doing? And the show is really cleverly put together so that it goes back a little bit further in time in flashback sequences to show the other characters and where they are. So they get fleshed out in a really interesting way too. Yes, and on some stages they reset like hundreds of times, kind of thing, yeah. just to try and get it right. Get it right. And it's really good. So yeah, well done. Definitely, definitely worth a check. Yeah, you got to you finish it and, and see where it? where it goes. Yeah, All right, good. All right, the Lazarus Project. All right, so that's one strong recommendation from us both. My number four. I'm going to put this here because we're not going to talk about it. And I'm only halfway through the season a little bit because it's only four episodes in. Literally, episode five will drop today on the ti- as of time of recording. Sure. Westworld season four. Oh. Westworld. Oh, yeah. Have you? Are you? I went. I never got past season one. Right. Whereas, for, again, I just got through saying my wife doesn't like sci-fi. This is the show that is the exception. She loves it. Last season, I was a bit. Yeah, again, season three, I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know if I'm really digging this the way that I was. Season one, in particular, was brilliant. Was season two good? Season two was good. I think season one, two, three, quality's dropping off. However, season four, they've kind of found a way to not reset it, but to kind of change the stakes. And because now, when you've watched the first three seasons, you're how do I put this, more versed in the language of, of the storytelling that they're using. Mm. I'm starting to pick things, not, no, ah, I'm so smart, but like, oh, I can see what they're doing here and here. So you're more on board, whereas first season was just a revelation that this timeline doesn't match this timeline, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Season four, you're kind of with it. And so it's you feel a bit smarter for it. It's bring, bringing you along rather than trying to wow the shit out of you, I think. Okay, so uh, if you had to, so so I saw season one and thought it was really good despite having Tandy Newton in it. Now, um, season <laughs> two, also good. Was that yep. was that like a different world? Is that what happened? Uh, we get to Shogun World. Shogun World, okay. Yep. So that sounds like it'd be cool. Season three obviously had its problems for whatever reason. Yep. And four... Season three, we're out into the world now. It's not so much about the parks anymore. They're out sucked. and about. It didn't suck. It just wasn't as good. Okay. And four... And I was genuinely surprised when we got another season because it wasn't that critically well received. No, I, I heard a lot of people rag on that. So season four seems to have done a pretty good job of sort of bringing you back in. And I don't know how many episodes it's going to be, but four episodes in, I'm I'm invested. And we've just got to a point in the narrative where, okay, now we're going to go in a slightly different direction again. So, so recommended then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at this high. Do you have sure. to have seen three but to, to watch four? Yeah, you have. You cannot skip. Seasons you can't just of this skip show. three. Yeah, if you went and did a twenty-minute recap, I don't think you'd Wouldn't get, you get it. there. Yeah, oh, maybe you would. Maybe it'd be enough. All right. Okay. Decisions. Decisions. Okay. Uh, well, three is where I put Mrs. Marvel. So you got to go for your okay. number three. My number three then is all of us are dead. Mm. What's that, Paul? It Sounds like a perfect. A story. Korean Netflix zombie show. Therefore, I was on it. Yeah, I was right. Like shit on flies on shit. So, tell it, us about that thing. Look, it's there's nothing. <laughs> amazingly de- I, no I tell you a lie it does it's a bit derivative early the first few episodes and the, this is the big problem with the show it needs a little bit more of an editor there's 12 episodes I think they all range between like the shortest episodes 53 minutes the longest episodes like 70 minutes fuck me hard so it's a real commitment of time yeah and we were just talking about this last night actually that actually today this morning I should say with uh, at my nephew's birthday that that 22 episode season thing is just so old. It's over now. like Clover, man. People don't have the attention span. They don't have the time anymore to deal with that. So even I think the network shows in America don't, unless it's a sitcom where they do do it. That's different. They just drop That's the drama things right down. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, whereas, you know, all the streamers don't do that. This yeah. is as long as I think you can get away with, to be honest, 12. 12, almost like an most hour Most of them over, over an hour. An hour. Yeah. Okay, it's a lot. Well, 57, 58 minutes. Anyway, typical sort of zombie outbreak amongst the high school, which is sort of ground zero for this outbreak. Right. And a whole bunch of the kids, oldest sort of kids in the, in the high school get kind of trapped in, in the building. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of different little groups of them trying to move around and get away from these fast-moving zombies that are attracted to sound. Mm. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. And then they create some different zombie law bits. And meanwhile, the people on the outside, they're trying to get word in that this is happening. Whilst, to my surprise, this zombie plague spreads through the city. And so the parents get start getting affected. So it builds in that particular way. much Rather than just being stuck with these kids in this high school, that they are the focal point. Let me ask you this. Uh, if you're not a zombie fan like myself, you wouldn't care? Or is it actually something like The Walking Dead, which might get you there? Which also I don't like. Look, they've just announced season two for this show. And it's based on a on a, anim- a manga. Okay. So, I think. Manga's probably not the right term if it's Korean. Yeah. But anyway, you know what I mean. It's based on a, on comic. a comic. Yep. It exists. Uh, anyway, I liked it. It's good fun. It's entertaining. It's not afraid to kill off main characters through the course of the show, which obviously gets a lot of weight from me. And yeah, it does some different things towards the end or the halfway mark of the show that I wasn't expecting. So, it's okay. ticks for that. Zombies. There you go, people. If you like them, you like them. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now, my number two, on the other hand, is a show that I did not think was actually happening, and I only just happened to pick it up like about mm, a few months ago, right? Mm-hmm. MacGruber is a movie that I have you always love that loved. Movie. Ooh, right? And you actually use the word movie correctly. It's That's well right. Well, get this, Paulie. I'm not the only guy who loves MacGruber. You know who else loves it? Christopher Nolan loves MacGruber. Really? That's right. So much so that he sent, when they were making this show, because people have been asking for a MacGruber sequel for years. Right. right? And this finally becomes as a TV show. And he sent this note to the showrunner. Uh, He said, though I can't be there in person to watch you take the first step of your odyssey, know that my spirit soars with you. And whilst it perhaps is unfair to add to the great sense of responsibility you must always feel, I am duty-bound to tell you, the world is waiting. The world is watching. This is what what? Chris, he, Christopher <laughs> Nolan loves it so much. He said that to them, right? The showrunners almost cream their jeans when that happened, right? Yeah, for sure. So, as you would, right? But I'll tell you this, everyone. If you haven't seen the original MacGruber, it's Will Forte, and it's got Ryan Philippe, Kristen Wiig, and in this one, you've got Billy Zane and Lawrence Fishburne in it. Right. Okay? They all, well, the, Lawrence Fishburne and Billy Zane are not, uh, are not reprising the characters because they're new, but... This show is just as funny, probably funnier than the original MacGruber. And the original MacGruber was awesome. It's actually amazing to see how, Eric, uh, how Will Forte is actually a better actor now, if you watch the two side by side. It's the type of show that gets hold of a joke, runs it into the ground until it's not funny, then keeps it going until it's funny again. Like, like, um, like Sideshow Bob and that Simpsons yeah, yeah. break thing. The running gags are the background of the show, but I will tell you it's every bit as good as the original show. If you like the original show, you will be surprised at how good this still is. And this is like 200 years later, right? Or whatever it is, right? And <laughs> sure. it's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is uh, like just really, 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 really great. And so I was surprised as hell, shall we say. MacGruber. It, it started in 2021. I think it's one season, but it was on Peacock when it came out. But still very sweary and stuff. Okay. So nice. All right. Well, yeah, did no idea. Hadn't watched it. Hadn't blipped on my radar. So I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. But Christopher Nolan loves it. Come on, man. <laughs> That's got to be something. And Christopher Nolan, the director of Tenant. Tenant. <laughs> I know. I know. But hey, it's still Christopher Nolan, right? He did a whole show on his ass. My number two, here's where I had Lazarus Project. So Nice one, brother. Back to you for your number one. Okay. Uh, there's no point going Nah, we're not comparing. Right, cool. Yep. Uh, my number one is, well, Reacher. Reacher! Reacher is awesome, everyone! It's actually only Reacher once. Now, everyone, 
this is, of course, the Lee Child's novel, uh, Jack Reacher, and it's not a Tom Cruise one. It is, they've just rebooted the whole thing. It's about Jack Reacher, who is a former U.S. Army military policeman, and he's a bit of a fucking gangster and shit, but he got drummed out of the service. He now visits the uh, fictional rural town of Margrave, Georgia, and gets arrested for murder. He is literally a vagrant. He just he just moves from town to town and does shit, but he's cool as fuck, and he's bigger than D's nuts. This character, as opposed to Tom Cruise, is a big, huge cunt. His name is Alan Richson, and he used to be in Ninja Turtle. Did he really? He was one of the okay. guys in the second movie uh, suit. Anyway, I, I love the lead. This show is like, in tone, justified. That's why I love it. Uh, right? Okay, right, yep. And there's um, he comes in, he's like so big and whatever, but literally no one can fuck with him. And the way they play it is that he walks through the town and people actually just turn their head because he's so large. And he is. He's fucking huge. There's a, a female cop who's cute as a button. There's, it's, you know, um, there's uh-huh. a surprisingly pleasant titty bonus, which I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Just wasn't expecting. I'm like, God damn. But number two, number one. Oh, <laughs> number one. <laughs> no, but um, it's, I, look, I will tell you this though, right? Opens really big and really cool. Towards the middle of the season gets a tad walkie-talkie, mm-hmm. right? A little bit like that. So I'm like, mm, okay, fine. But it gets back on track. How many episodes? Sweet. It is, I believe... Seven to nine? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Oh, sorry, I haven't got the page up. Split the difference and call it eight. Let's go eight. There's eight episodes and you know, whatever. Anyway, how should I put this? The tone of the show is that it's like a little bit like a Pulp Fiction novel, like the Lee Childs novels, where you're not taking it that seriously, but you're enjoying the ride. The show emulates that perfectly well, and it is massively violent at some stages. He just rips people out of cars and fucking steps on their neck and shit. Very cool. Um, so I... <laughs> So the the only thing I had a problem with is there's one fight scene where this skinny motherfucker takes on Jack Reacher, and Jack Reacher has even a little bit of trouble with this guy. Seriously, if that a guy that size went up against another guy, he would just tear him in half. <laughs> he would just fucking like wishbone his fucking legs. Right? <laughs> but other than that, this show's great and has a wicked. And I'm so hoping for a second season. I think they've announced it. I'm not quite sure yet. Okay, but because it's like yeah. almost anthology, because like the books, he just moves around from town to yeah, town. Different, different. I bet you he's the only constant. Okay, so there All you right. go. That's uh, Wayne's number one. My number one is also a show that's very much me from. It's it's basically on Stan here in from. Australia. It's just called From. Okay. And it stars Walt from, no, Michael, I should say, from Lost. So Harold Perrineau. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And a bunch of other people you probably wouldn't recognize. Well, I certainly don't recognize sort of no-name actors, if you will. Nice that he got another gig. <laughs> Ten-episode show, first season. And I believe it's been greenlit for a second season, which is good because it ends on a massive cliffhanger. And it basically follows a family of which he's the father. They drive into this sort of – they have to take a detour when there's a big uh, fallen tree across the road on their, on their holiday. They drive into this decrepit-looking town, which just looks like it's fallen to pieces, and they drive through it and then – even though they haven't made a turn, they drive back through it again. So they're stuck in this loop. They can't get out of this town. So there's these supernatural forces that draw people in from all over America and they're stuck in this town. And at night, as soon as night falls, these ghouls come out and start trying to tear people literally to pieces like that wishbone thing you just said. Uh, okay. They stave open their... And they can't get out of the town. They can't get out. So they just can... If they're not inside where they've got these little... uh, tokens or symbols that protect them from these creatures that can't cross the boundaries where these things are hung up, then they'll be torn to pieces. And if they start to drive towards the outskirts of town, it just turns into the town again? Is yep. it like that? Yep. Okay. All right. How and then they run out of fuel pretty quick because there's no way to get fuel. So This year? Look, this year? You, ha- you have to. Yeah, it just came out this year. You have to kind of... It's on Epics, I think, in America, the, okay. the, t- the station. 
you have to kind of turn your brain off a little bit because it's like they're creating... It's a horror show. Of course you do bullshit. Yeah, it, yeah, it's largely horror. Though it kind of gets, after cracking first couple episodes, a little like you're talking about, the middle of the season, the pace sort of slips a little bit. Yeah. And so it doesn't quite sustain the brilliance through the whole 10 episodes, but overall very entertaining and they are obviously trying to work on ways to get a signal out and, and let people know that they're trapped and whatever and the air it's very lost in that like nothing's mm. well explained mm. but clearly there's some supernatural shit going on how it will all hang together will depend on what the explanation i think really is at the end but for now it's mystifying it's intriguing yeah there's some violent deaths and yeah good stuff is you, it, you know oh, it's going to play for keeps when it literally tears a kid to pieces oh the, my god really the, you don't see it you see the aftermath uh the kid dying in the first episode so it's a bit harsh meat mm. all right all right from a, a kid not the kid yeah. from yeah all right well That's worth fun. a look if you're at all interested in sort of sci-fi horror stuff. That's one, brother. All right. From everyone. That's it for our list then. Obviously, we don't have any honorable mentions apart from the couple I just quickly touched on. Nah. No. All right. Let's get into your feedback on the topic at hand in a final segment that's called The Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. Kicking off this week's Pop 10 with Mary Clement Hill, who said, Going way out of your normals here around the world in 80 days, around the world in 80 days, was mm. a delicious feel good adventure. I yeah. missed it as soon as I finished it. Man, I, there's so much TV. There's shit going on I ain't heard of. Yeah, likewise. Stephen Croon said, My two favorite shows the past couple of years have both been Apple Plus Originals in Ted Lasso and Severance. We covered Severance on the show and we've covered Ted Lasso on the we show. We have indeed. As well. So Ted Lasso is hilarious and full of heart and has a great ensemble of likable characters with a couple you love to hate. And Severance is an original sci-fi show about a mysterious company that separates your work memories from personal ones and is constantly leaving you wanting to know more. Boring. (laughs) You can't handle the truth. Uh, Adam Alua, The Boys, probably one of the best movies, I mean shows on right now. Uh, How right you are this week, Adam. If you haven't seen it, stop being a cunt and watch it. (laughs) We're covering that next week, aren't we? Uh, we are, season three yeah. next week. Troy Spinner said, I know it's old, but I watched the first four seasons of Spin City, the Michael J. Fox years, for the first time this year, and for a mid-90s show, it's still funny as hell and proves why Fox is a treasure. Dude, that fucking show rocks. That's your boy from Scrubs doing that yeah, shit, Bill and it's Lawrence. still fucking the shit. Even though the girl's way too tall for him, the redhead, still works. Things <laughs> 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 you judge TV You ever tried to like? climb a bitch and fucking kiss her? She's no. so tall. Anyway. Have not. <laughs> Uh, the Bear says Tony Dobbish it has remained under most people's radar I've never heard of it so quite correct a quick 8 ep season with tight 30 minute run times makes it an easy binge watch great performances and writing as well as an always under pressure feel makes it hard to stop once you're in it's like uncut gems meets chef and already renewed for season 2 30 minutes Mm. intriguing Mm. John Morris from 2Ps on a podcast which is coming back to your podcast catcher as of August 1st Hacks on HBO Max such a funny and wonderful comedy. It's part Golden Girls, part Thelma and Louise. Gene Smart's best work must see. Hacks. Mm. All right. Brad Hargis from the Cinema Guys podcast said, everyone else will give you severance, the boys, Stranger Things, but I'm not here for that. I'm going Resident Evil. I haven't met a Resident Evil I didn't like. Yes, I'm a fan. The new TV show, which is on Netflix. Couple Yo, that's ago. some divisive shit, apparently. Some people are saying it's the shit. Some people are saying it's shit. Yeah, I'll go check it out because it's obviously horror-ish. So I'll give it a, a, ch- a, ch- a, a go eventually. Nice. <laughs> Christiani, patron of the show, said Reacher was damn good. Word. And a great adaptation from the book. But because I know Wayne's all over it, there you are. I am. I'll say Lincoln Lawyer, which is also a better adaptation than its movie and may eventually somehow connect to Bosch colon legacy. Really? Mm. Okay. All right. Take your word for it. 
Mina Harker said, seduced inside the Nixum cult. Nexium. Nexium cult doco on Prime is pretty captivating and horrifying. It's the cult that landed actress Alison Mack in prison. Yeah, man, she's from Smallville. Mm. She was in there and it was all a sex cult and shit. It was fucked up. Yes, jeez. Yeah, okay. Uh, Grant Lanham from the Milk Podcast said, Resident Evil starring, starring everyone's favorite firefly plot, Alan Tudjik. It's wholesome, sweary, ridiculous, and laugh out loud funny. I've heard, I've heard good things about this show. Might have to do exactly that. Jamie Davies said, I'll suggest a new British show. It's called Big Boys. It's a comedy slash drama show about two guys with their own personal issues starting uni. By first appearances, you may think you have this show worked out, but trust me, it goes places you won't be prepared for and still be laugh out loud funny. Big Boys. Mm. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it does. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, this is another show I've not watched but heard a lot about. Euphoria Season 2, says Gabby Lewis-Longo. Such a bonkers show, but the acting is on a completely other level, especially from Zendaya in the first 15 minutes of Episode 5. To be honest, it's probably what will win her the Emmy. I recommend everyone at least watch that. What's it called? Euphoria. Yeah, my niece watches that and, and says Zendaya is a very interesting person to watch. Hmm, okay. And Nicole Presley said The Wilds on Amazon Prime. No one talks about it, but it's fabulous. Summary, a group of girls get in a plane crash and stranded on a deserted island. Yellow Jackets. Yeah, so she says. Very Yellow Jackets, which got nominated for an Emmy, but The Wilds is better. I Ooh. don't doubt it. You soon... <laughs> how, how dare you? <laughs> how very dare you? <laughs> Uh, you soon come to realise that they are being monitored on the island. That's all that Nicole says by way of a teaser. Okay. Interesting. And the last word goes to the podcasting goddess about TV, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast. Ashley. The best TV from the first half of this year that I've watched, Better Call Saul, Succession and Euphoria are simply phenomenal television series. The acting is beyond expectations. The writing is so smart and the characters so engaging. I cannot recommend these three series enough. And like everybody else, I also loved Stranger Things' latest season. You know what I hear about Better Call Saul? Because I saw like five episodes and went, nah. Yeah, I watched that season. Bored. A lot of people say it's a little Breaking Bad-ish in that the first season may or may not grab you, but then it becomes so good you shit your pants. Mm. And a lot of people are actually sad that it ended that level of good. All right, so... Yeah, it's one of those. You know, it's good. If if I if I ever get to retire, <laughs> Paul, lots of stuff to watch, lots of shit to do. Watch, you know. So there you are. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. Thank you so much, everyone who got back to us. Sorry, can't get through it all. We really, truly do appreciate your engagement with the show because that is it for today, episode three hundred and eighty-two. Well, Wayne's going to tell me what it's going to be called because I've got to write the, the description. As soon as I figure it out, I'll let you know. We will. <laughs> but you're here. You've heard it. Thanks so much for joining us. Hopefully, you found some TV shows you can go ahead and now binge slash watch. Next week, Wayne, we're doing the top 10. I'm just going to help you out. Thank you. Dystopian films. With nice thanks to top-level patron David Powell for putting this together for us. Thank you, David. He suggested this idea. I'm excited, Wayne. Less so because dystopian films, not as much his enjoyable bag. Well, it's just not as fun. But I think, I'm think i sure I've seen a, a shitload of them. So, <laughs> yeah, well, that, word. It's, it's a big common theme. So, lots of films to choose from. So, you can have a think about that one to contribute next week on the show. Uh, and otherwise, Wayne, how do the good folk get in touch with us to do exactly that? You can try our almost ready uh, countdown website, which is thecountdownpodcast.com. Or send us an email at thecountdownpodcast.gmail.com or just search like, Google us and you'll find our, our socials. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, the Countdown Podcast community listener chick thing on Facebook. That thing. That there, you can get there too. Follow us on Podbean where we host. Tell a friend about the show. Leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to. Help out the show in that particular way. And, of course, the Patreon links in the show notes as well. That's it. Thanks so much for joining us again today. My name is Paul. My name is Warren. And this has been the Soundboard Vindication. Wayne, every time a pair of breasts appear on screen, we'll catch you. It's just a happy surprise, (laughs) Paul.
We'll catch you next time. See ya.